0: Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We're a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you? God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Sound good? All right, Psalm 42, if you've got your Bibles, open with me to Psalm. Everybody say, Psalm. Psalm. Come on, let's go higher. Psalm. Psalm. Who's going with me to the heights? Psalm. Psalm. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was impressive. That was impressive. Psalm 42, me reading the first eight verses. But if you don't have your Bible, that's Okay. We'll have it on the wall behind me. But it says this in Psalm 42. It's a beautiful psalm about God, and we're going to read it together. Here we go. Verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God and with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Verse 5, why are you cast down, O my soul? I feel like this is a word for someone this morning. And why are you in turmoil within me? Here are these words, hope in God. Someone underline that right now. Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. My salvation and my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hamon, and from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By the day the Lord commands His steadfast love and at night, listen to it, his song is with me. If you're in a night season right now, if you feel like you're in a low season, and a night season, can I just encourage you like the psalmist says, that God's song is with you, that God is literally singing over you as you go through your night season. That's what it says. And at night, His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I want to preach a message today, continuing on from last week, Vision Sunday, And this is a title. You can write it down if you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, you can write it down. (laughs) This is the title of the message Deeper Still. Deeper Still. Grab your Bible, put your hand on your Bible with me, and let's pray. Let's believe for God to speak through his word today. Amen. God, we thank you for the power of your word. Lord, we thank you that your word always speaks life to your people. Father, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, we're grateful that you're here and you're ministering God's word to us. You're showing us so much, Lord. And Father, we pray that we would get a revelation all over again, Lord, of the depths of God, that understanding that no matter where we're at, Lord, that it's your desire for us to go deeper still. So God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. We pray for colonial kids. Lord, we thank you that you're blessing them, that you're taking them deeper too, in Jesus' name. And we all said in agreement, amen. Amen. I love what it says. It says, I Thirst for God. That's what the psalmist says. I want to read Psalm 42, but in the message, just to, just to paint, just to illustrate what is happening here, what the psalmist is saying. Verse 1, a white-tailed deer drinks from the creek. I want to drink God. I love that. So clear, so plain. I want to drink God. Deep draughts of God. I'm thirsty for God alive. I wonder, will I ever make it and arrive and drink in God's presence? I spoke last week in Vision Sunday about the four foundations of the vision going forward. All with the theme, now is the time. Do you remember? Now is the time. Where Now is the time for us as a church to do many different things. But one of the main things, kind of kicked it off with, I believe, one of the the main things, which is this, that now is the time for us as a church to go deeper, into the things of God, deeper into our relationship with the Lord, deeper into the things of God, what God has brought into your life. And I'm praying, and in a sense, I guess I'm prophesying over our church that you would experience a deeper level of intimacy with God in these next few months and seasons ahead, that you'll be able to testify yourself, literally bring praise reports back into the house of God and say, man, I went deeper still into what God has for me, my relationships, my marriage, my relationship with my children. And I really believe it's going to, I believe people are going to testify and say literally, man, I have never been closer and at a deeper level with God. Is that what you want? Is that what you could believe for today and in this season that, man, now is the time for me to go deeper? Still, now is the time. So the, the foundation is just for, by way of reminder, was to go deeper, to take ground, to make an impact and get the word out. But I want to talk today about what it looks like for us as a church, for you as a believer, for me as a believer, to go deeper into the things of God. Deeper still. I love the fact that there is no end to the depths of God. Have you ever thought about that? That in society, in the world we live in, we all have echelons, you know, we all have like high points Think about an education. You can go to this level of education. In a career, and in industry, you could reach this height. You could go to this place. But when it comes to God, there's no end to the depths of God. There's no end to what God has. I love that. And I love that when we as believers decide we want to go deeper, God says, okay, here we go. Through the power of my Holy Spirit, we will do exactly that. So today, what does it look like for us to go deeper still? And what I'm praying for this message, this is the burden for the message today, is that in some area in your life, the Holy Spirit, by the time we get done today, will show you specifically what that area is. Would you have faith with me to believe for that? Come on, can I get some, some, some nods? So I don't really understand what you're saying, but yeah, okay. Let's believe together that by the end of this message, the Holy Spirit will be like, that's it. That's how God can speak to you. In a moment, He can show you exactly what it is. Sometimes it's a word, sometimes it's a picture of something, sometimes it's an impression on your heart, but let's believe that that's what's going to happen. So I want to talk about what it looks like to experience spiritual depth, and this is going to come across maybe as a bit more of an instructional message today, and if you're a new Christian in our church, people make decisions for Jesus in our church every single week, you're in a good place today because I'm believing some of these practices and some of these rhythms and some of the things I'm going to talk about are going to be a blessing to you. So number one, write this down. Point number one, spiritual depth comes with humility. As I was preparing this message, I was literally asking the Lord, what does it look like to go deeper, God? How do we go deeper? What does it what I know some of the answers. I know some of the things. I've 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 been in church long enough now to know some of the answers, but what like help me get to the bottom of what this looks like and I felt like the Lord put on my heart it's humility. Spiritual depth comes with humility and I'm going to show you in the word. But spiritual depth it comes as a result of our willingness to go low. Verse 1, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for the living God. Thirsts, hunger, has a need for. That doesn't sound like a prideful stance to me. That sounds like a humble stance. That sounds like a, man, I need God. I'm leaning in. I'm, I'm getting low because, man, I need God. Is this something that comes out of your life sometimes in your walk with God where you say, man, I need God. I need God, but spiritual depth comes from humility. It definitely doesn't come from pride. I want you to write this thought down, okay? You might be able to meditate on this week as you study, as you spend time with the Lord. Pride keeps me shallow, but humility takes me deeper. Pride, it keeps me in a shallow place. I know this, I've been there. It keeps me in a shallow place. I'll give you an example. You get good at something. You understand something. And if you're not careful, what can happen is pride can keep you in that place. And your level stays shallow. There's no more depth. That's just where you are. Pride has an amazing way of just keeping us, holding us back. Have you ever noticed that? Holds you back from the next thing. Holds you back from the breakthrough. Holds you back from the promotion. Holds you back from what could come? Well, the Bible literally tells us that that's the case. What does the Bible say? God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Have you ever thought about that verse? That he graces the humble, that he empowers, he clothes the humble with his goodness, with his mercy, with his, his, his equipping, But it says that He resists the proud. You know what picture that is? If you study the language, it's literally God putting distance between you and Him. He resists. He doesn't want to bring pride close. But it's in a posture of humility because humility helps me go deeper. And when I go deeper, I receive more of God. God resists the proud. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3 in the Beatitudes, He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Other translations say the lowly, the lowly in spirit, the people that go low inherit the kingdom of God. Isn't it interesting that our world says go higher, but our Bibles say go lower? Isn't it interesting that the world is just like, well, you know, you need to to get your chest out and you need to put those shoulders back and you need to let everyone know how good you are. Whereas the Bible says, no, you need to get on one knee and put someone before yourself. Pride keeps me shallow. Humility takes me deeper into the things of God. I love Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is one of my favourite books in the whole Bible. And I love with Proverbs, there's a few verses in Proverbs, just like, it's like a right hook to the jaw. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's no messing around. You're knocked out by this one. Let me show you one. Proverbs 29, verse 23 says, One's pride brings him low. But he who is lowly in spirit, listen to this, will obtain honor. So either way, I read that, I'm like, either way, we're going low. Either way, we're going down. How do you want to go down? Because that's what the scripture says. Pride's going to take you there, but you could go there yourself. And God will do so much in your life. Have you ever thought about why humility is so important in this whole situation? I mean, I like to think about these things, but we take the example of hunger and thirst and provision in the Bible. and Especially in the Old Testament, rain is used as a description of God's blessing, God's provision, God showing up for His people. Because God would cause rain, which would then build crops, And the crops would produce then a harvest, which would then give people prosperity. But let me ask you a question. What if we never had any hunger? Would we feel like we don't need God anymore? See, the problem with pride and the reason humility is so important is it keeps us close to God. Pride moves us away from God. And it's the posture of humility that keeps us receiving from God. Can I get an amen in church this morning? Jesus, when he dealt with the woman at the well, changed her life forever, changed the whole city forever, basically reconnected people groups in a moment. This is what he said. He said, I will make sure that what you get from me, you'll never thirst again. He, God uses hunger and hunger and humility. Can I just encourage you? If there's a little bit of hunger for God on the inside of you, can I just encourage you? That's a good thing. Yeah. We've got to stay hungry for the things of God. What if we never had any hunger? Would we need God? I think a healthy measure of hunger is exactly what we need. i got a question for you. Question time this morning. How humble are you? It's a question I ask myself. How humble am I? Like how willing are you to go low? Because this is the opposite of the way the world works. The world always says, put yourself higher. The world says, step up to a higher level. Get yourself there. But God says, come here. Come here. How humble are you? How humble am I? Because pride keeps me shallow. Pride keeps me away from God. Pride puts distance between us. So number one, spiritual depth requires humility. It It needs humility. If you're going to go to a deeper level spiritually, can I just encourage you, you have to take on the posture of humility. You cannot allow pride to rule. Proverbs 9 and verse 7 through 9 says, Whoever corrects a scoffer himself gets abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Listen to it. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Give give it to a deep person and they'll be deeper still. Teach a righteous man, someone that knows God, someone that's in a deep relationship with God, and it says, and he will increase in learning. You know, there's this art form in life. The older you get, the less teachable you are. And we have to learn the art of learning. You ever notice this? I've walked this out several times. God has dealt with me several times on this. But I can go this season where I get a level of maybe competence, see a measure of success, go to a place where maybe I've never gone before. And then what happens is, I don't know, it's a human condition, is we find ourselves in a place where we're like, wow, this, I, I, I am awesome. I, I've done really great. And pride creeps in. And if we're not careful, we don't talk about this, we don't deal with this, we don't understand the power of humility, God will take care of things. I remember when I was starting out my career in the financial industry back in Australia, I really I had, a, I had a real strong desire, a belief for a miracle. And, I, and there was actually, I, t- I told this story in the first two services, so I guess I should probably tell it as well to the third service this morning. But I remember the building, I still remember the building I used to work in, but before I got into that building, and had my job in there, I knew that all the jobs and the firms were in that building. And I remember, I think I was about 19, 20 years of age, and I was getting nowhere with like submitting my CV and applying for jobs and feeling like I was on the outside. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do myself a little Jericho march around that building. So I grabbed my friend Marty. It was obviously late at night, so no one, not too many people saw us. He <laughs> couldn't get in the building, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to walk around the building. And we walked around that building at night, praying, believing, contending, asking God for a miracle. God, I'm believing that in that building, I'm going to have an opportunity that you're going to give me breakthrough. And sure enough, years later, guess where I worked? In that building on the 54th floor. But when I arrived, man, I had a lot of pride because I thought I'd arrived. If you know what I mean. And I got into that building and I remember sitting at that desk for almost six months, feeling like I'd arrived, feeling like I knew everything, feeling like, oh man, I've got it all together. And I tell you, I came within an inch of getting fired and losing that miracle opportunity because of pride. And God used a job in an office building to bring me low and deal with pride in a way. This is what I learned. As I went through that experience, excruciating experience, I learned that once I figured out that humility was the pathway to understanding more and seeing and receiving more from God and coming closer to God, I began to realize how much I could learn. I began to realize, man, I, I can ask questions. And, oh, I've dealt with my pride. My pride has moved over here. It doesn't exist anymore. And now I'm just ready to learn. The art of learning kicked in in my life. But God used something as simple as a job to teach me this principle. And what I learned was I went deeper with the Lord, that He showed me more things. He was willing to give me more opportunity. He was willing to grace me because I was humble in that season. God used that season to teach me humility. So point number one, man, spiritual death comes with depth, comes with humility. Point number two, spiritual depth comes from discipline. Humility is the need, is the hunger, is the thirst, is the the accepting of how much you need God. The heart posture and then spiritual depth comes from discipline. I was having a conversation with the Lord about this and it was kind of just me speaking and I said this. I was like, you know, God, I've never seen anyone who's spiritually deep just lying around doing nothing. You ever notice that? They're not just lying around saying, well, you know, I'm very spiritual and I'm a deep thinker and I'm fantastic and awesome. Yeah. What, I've ex- what I've noticed with spiritually deep people that have a deep relationship with God is they're very disciplined and very busy people. Yeah. And there's something that spurs them on because they have that spiritual depth that causes them an alignment with purpose and calling. It's actually the opposite. They actually, I believe are even busier than everyone else. One of my favorite books is this book here, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And we're going to have this in the um, storehouse if you want it. But this is this has been an absolute game changer for me. I read this when I was doing seminary. And now make, we make all of our staff read it and it'll be in the storehouse. But Donald Whitney wrote this incredible book on the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. And he talks about lots of different things, and a lot of them I'm drawing for this message today, but he talks about spiritual depth and how people who are spiritually deep are disciplined people. He says this, but we must remember that full-grown freedoms of discipline, nurtured godliness don't develop overnight or during a weekend seminar. I love that. The Bible reminds us that self-control, such as expressed through the spiritual disciplines, must Persevere before the mature fruit of godliness, listen to this, ripens. Notice the sequence of development in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6. And to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance godliness. In other words, godliness is a lifelong pursuit. Spiritual depth, it requires discipline. You know, I, I love to play golf. And one of the things I've learned about some of the golfers that I like to follow and I like to watch and that are on the pitch, they're absolutely the most disciplined people when it comes to sport I've ever seen. The discipline, the, 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 the training, the showing up, the, the detail of all the drills. And it's not just like they show up for one week at a training camp and it's like, okay, good, we're, we're good for the rest of the year. This is every single day, minute by minute, scheduled out, repeating this process, disciplined people. Now I want you to think about your spiritual life. Spiritual depth is a pursuit and it requires discipline. Let me read that again, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6. And with knowledge self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness. Look at the step change, look at the progression. Knowledge which comes from Learning and learning you can only get if you're humble, which we just talked about. Knowledge comes and then self-control. This is a discipline. Being disciplined to use the knowledge and and do something with it, self-control, with steadfastness, which is staying the course, sticking at it, and finally, godliness or depth. So practically, I wanted this morning To give us some some keys, some some spiritual depth keys, and this is what I believe these could be. These could be practical for you, which hopefully means they could become practices for you. Practically, what does this look like? What are some rhythms? What are some things we see in our Bibles? What are some things that? that really can become rhythms that can help us get to spiritual depth as believers. I wanted to give us six keys, and I've separated them into those two groups, okay? The humility, the need side, but then also the discipline side. You ready? Here we go. Number one, keys to spiritual depth. The first is this, silence. You're like, what? What's that got to do with anything? Silence. When's the last time you had a little bit of silence? I live in a home with three small kids. I ask myself that question a lot. Where did my silence go? Do you ever get any silence? What do I mean by that? Some time when there's no noise. When it's just you and God alone, do you make any space for... Some silence. I remember catching up with my old youth pastor at Hillsong London, uh, the conference there a couple of years ago, Pastor Phil Dooley, who now leads Hillsong South Africa, is doing an incredible job over there. And he was my youth pastor years ago. And we were catching up, and I was excited to tell him about you and tell him about colonial and everything that's happening in our church. And, just, and, and he asked me a few questions, but one of the main questions he asked me was this He's like, Hey, do you ever get away at all to think? And I was like, Man, Phil, I thought you were going to like, you know, hit me with like some theology or maybe like some leadership questions or you know, you know, ask me about like marriage, family. He's like, "You're asking me if I'm getting some time to think." And he's like, "Exactly. You need to schedule time where you're silent, where you can think, where you can spend some time and think. Silence is important for us as believers. Getting in a quiet place. Where there's no noise, where it's just like, yes, this is a good, this is a good moment because it's just me and the Lord. So silence is the first one. Second one is solitude. Solitude is a lost art in 2021. How often do you get away? I'm going to start asking you a few questions, okay? How often do you get away? Because solitude is a powerful mark. Of a believer. In this book, Spiritual Disciplines by Donald Whitney, what he says about solitude. He says, Solitude is the spiritual discipline of voluntarily and temporarily withdrawing to privacy for spiritual purposes. The period of solitude may last only a few minutes or a few days. As with silence, solitude may be sought in order to participate without interruption in our other spiritual disciplines or just be alone with God. I remember when Jill and I were dating, I would say to her sometimes, when I just felt like I hadn't had this in a little while, I'd say to her, hey babe, I'm getting away for a bit. And she, I remember back in the day, she didn't know what I meant back then, but she, she would say, okay, cool, I'll just get ready and I'll come with you. And I was like, no, you, you can't come. Yeah. And she's like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, babe, I've got to get away. And she's like, okay. So now I need to get away with God. I need to go and spend some time with the Lord. I need to go and get some solitude. And we see Jesus did it often in the Gospels. Let me show you one example. There's many examples, but Matthew 14 and verse 13. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself, solitude. And I just want to say it because it might sting a little bit, but hey, just worth saying, if it's good enough for Jesus, listen to me. It's good enough for you and it's good enough for me. We need solitude. We need to be people that understand silence and solitude are so important. And then the third key is this, prayer. So silence, solitude and prayer is a very good combination together. And these are three keys that I promise you, if you practice these, if they become rhythms in your life, you are going to experience more spiritual depth. Money back guarantee. prayer. Any relationship that exists in your life, listen to me, friend, requires communication. Would you agree? On any level, whether it's family, distant relative, person in your home, any relationship that exists in your life requires some form of communication. Why do we think our relationship with God is any different? We need to be people that are prayer without ceasing type people. Constantly going to the Lord in prayer, practicing this rhythm. Why do we need to do that is because as we do that, as we experience that depth in a posture of humility in prayer, you know what's going to happen is you're going to hear God's voice. You're going to recognize it. You're going to know it's Him. And you're going to be able to respond and be in relationship. So they're the first three keys, silence, solitude, and prayer. Here come the next three and this is where things get interesting with discipline. You ready? Reading. Yeah. Let me ask you a question How much do you eat? How much do you eat every day? It's a pretty personal question, right? Good. But spiritually, how much do you eat Good. every single day? I put this on my social media this week, and you know, it's it's a saying that's been sort of said a few different ways. But I just was thinking about it this way, and it's simply this: people who have Bibles that are worn out have lives that are not. People that have Bibles that are completely wore out, typically speaking, their lives are not, because they're nourished by the Word. Because they're reading and they're experiencing a depth with God and because, of, because of His Word, working in our lives because it's active, it's alive, it's breathing, it's good for equipping, it's good for teaching, correcting all things. Reading is so important. So I to, if I could, because I've had this question a few times, some, some people be, be like, hey, how do you read the Bible? What's your reading plan? I wanted to give you my reading plan. Is that okay? Can I give you my reading plan? Pastor Matt's, prescribed reading plan, just kidding, do do what you need to do. But this is what I do, because when I first got saved, I didn't know you were supposed to read the Bible every day. Someone had to tell me, no, you should read it every day. I'd be like, okay, cool, what do I do? And my pastor said this to me, he said, well, he said a good place to start is the book of Proverbs, because in Proverbs, there's 31 Proverbs, and in a month, there's roughly 30 days, 31, 31 days, whatever. He said, basically correspond that day with a proverb. And so I always start there. I start with Proverbs, whatever the day is, and then I'll go to Psalms and I'll do the same thing. There I'll find a Psalm that corresponds with the day and I'll sort of, you know, maybe read a few Psalms because a lot of them are short. And then I'll spend a time somewhere in the New Testament, somewhere in the Old Testament, wherever I'm living in each of those, I'll go and spend time. So right now it's 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and the Old Testament's Joshua. Can I just encourage you? Have a plan. Reading is important. And if you have a plan, the best part about it is you're not just doing this. Oh, where do I go? What do I what do? I do? Where, where? Have a plan. Use my plan if you want. But I think it's important that we understand the power of reading and how reading brings spiritual depth. So that's the first one, reading. The next one is listening. Oh, this is where it gets good. I love it. Because this is what's going to happen. And I know, some, I know so many of you have experienced this already. But as I read... God begins to show me things. Have you noticed this? Yes. Where you open up the Bible, you look at something, and it'll be like, you read through it, and it's like, oh, I've got to read that again. Yeah. I'll take another look, and I'll try to keep reading, but there's something that is drawing me back to that verse. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There is something that is making that isolated, something that is, is highlighted to me specifically in my heart. I'm looking at it. I can't move away from it. Maybe try to close my Bible. Guess what? Open back up. I'm going back there because I'm drawn to it. That's the Holy Spirit using the Word of God to speak to you as you listen. What about the double barrel one? This is my favorite, is you read one thing in one part of the Bible and then you go to another part of the Bible and you see the same thing. Does anyone else ever experienced that? And it's like, God, oh, there it is. I can't escape it. What's happening is I'm listening because God is speaking. These are rhythms as we go deeper into the things of God. These are the rhythms. These are the keys. This is how God shows himself to us. One of the biggest complaints I get with people when it comes to spiritual life, because people say, I feel like things just aren't deep at the moment. I feel like I'm just surface level right now. I want to go deeper, but I just don't feel anything. I hear that, sometimes from young people as well. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Because God is speaking to you. This is proof that he's speaking to you. And as you read this, as you get disciplined, what's going to happen is you're going to start to hear his voice. He's going to start to show things to you. You're going to start to journal things. You're going to write things down and all of a sudden it's going to open up and depth is going to come. Why? Because you're choosing to read. You're choosing to listen. You're getting in the rhythm of what God has for you. So reading, listening, and finally, the doing. Spiritual keys to spiritual depth, the doing. Why? Because this is what's taking place, a beautiful progression. You've decided you want to read God's Word. You're receptive and you're open to listening. He's illuminating. He's showing things. The Holy Spirit's impressing. You feel a leading. You feel like, oh man, God is saying something to me. I feel this this leading and I'm going to go through the process of understanding what that is. The other thing that God always speaks, always does is He always confirms His Word to you if you want Him to. So if you feel like God is saying something to you about a certain thing, can I just encourage you, it will line up with His Word but then it will be confirmed through wise counsel and the Word again. Amen. Right. Do you hear what I just said? When you read the Word of God, you feel like God is saying something to you. This is what God does. If you pray and ask for confirmation, He will confirm it to you. Our God is not a father who says, there it is, don't come back, I don't want to talk to you anymore. If you need confirmation, God will give it to you. But the doing is the taking the step of faith, activating the active step forward, acting upon the word you've got, the impression you feel from him, the instruction you receive. That's how you take the step forward. What are you doing? You're stepping out in faith with the word that you've received. And then this is the best part, is God shows up. God confirms, God blesses. God breaks through for you. You see a miracle. You see something come through. You see the fulfillment. God says, hey, I want you to step out and speak to that person about Jesus. And you feel like you've got it. You go back to the Bible a few times because you're not sure it's him speaking, but he tells you it is him. Then you step out in faith and the person responds and you see God move and just like, oh Lord, I just this is so awesome. The praise report comes in, the story gets told, the testimony gets spoken. It's like a prophetic um, cycle that happens as we testify to the goodness of God and all that He's done in our lives. What are we doing? We're prophesying that He's going to do it again. This is the doing. And as we take all of these rhythms and outwork them into our lives, what happens is we then go and repeat the whole process again in season after season at a deeper level and a greater level. And we experience spiritual depth. It's powerful. It's wonderful. Would you stand with me? I want to pray specifically for some of these areas. For some of these issues, maybe you're in a situation right now where it is literally like you're in a battle. You need breakthrough. You need God to speak. You need God to show up. You need to go to a deeper level to hear. You need to go to a deeper level to understand. You need an answer. I want to pray today as we choose to, in a posture of humility, come before the Lord with our hearts open, our hands open, and say, God, I need you. I'm believing in that area, in that thing, whatever it is could be a relationship. It could be a career situation, a work situation. Maybe what I talked about with my story resonated somewhat with you because you feel like it's a shallow season in that area and you need to deal with some things. I believe that God will show up, take you to a deeper level, show you the way forward all through the power of His Spirit. So with every head bowed, eyes closed, come on, if you, if you don't know what it is yet, just ask the Holy Spirit. How's this message speaking to me? What, 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 what area can I go deeper in? What, what situation could I experience a deeper level of knowing you, Lord, in? And when you know what it is, you just shoot up your hand. I want to pray for you. Yes, hands going up everywhere. Maybe it's in your relationship with your kids to go to a deeper level when you spend time with them talking about God and spiritual matters. You want to go to a deeper level. I want to believe for that. Maybe it's in your finances. And you need to get some things right and you need God's help to go to a deeper level. Maybe just stepping out and tithing for the first time. Stepping out in faith and saying, God, I'm going to honor you. Come on, when you know what it is, you just shoot up your hands hands up everywhere, from the front to the back, side to side. People wanting to go deeper and deeper still. Holy Spirit, you see the hands that are raised. And Holy Spirit, we thank you right now that you're here and you're showing up and you're ministering and you're. You're guiding and you're you're showing us what parts of all of this story we need to do our part. So God, I just thank you for humility in this room. God, that we choose today through the power of your Holy Spirit to turn away from pride. God, I thank you that we can turn away from prideful ways, prideful thinking, thinking that we know what we're doing, God, but choose to turn to you to get low, Lord, to take the low road, Father, knowing that that's where you show up knowing that's where you provide. God, we thank you that you're speaking to situations. You're bringing breakthrough right now. God, we thank you that we can testify to the greater level and the greater depth in you. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you